Our text for this morning is Exodus chapter 11, verses 1 to 10, the whole chapter. Beloved congregation in our Lord Jesus Christ, as we come to this 11th chapter of the book of Exodus, the whole pace of the narrative here in Exodus slows down dramatically. In chapter 7, 8, 9, and 10, we have had recounted for us, one right after the other, the first nine of the plagues which God brought on the land of Egypt. And there's no other material in those chapters except that material which is related directly to those nine plagues. But here, as we come to the last plague that God brought on the land of Egypt, that material related to the plague and its aftermath is spread over chapters 10, 11, 12, and part of chapter 13. We have, first of all, then, in chapter 11, the announcement of the plague to Pharaoh. In chapter 12, we begin with the instructions that the Lord gave to Moses and Aaron for the celebration of the Passover. Then we have, in just two verses in that chapter, the account of the plague itself, verses 29 and 30. Then in verses 31 and following, the exodus from Egypt. And in verses 43 to 51, some further regulations with regard to the Passover. And in chapter 13, then, we have also the instructions with regard to the Feast of Unleavened Bread, which followed immediately upon the Passover and the consecration of the firstborn. So there's a lot of material that is related in the book of Exodus to this um, matter of the tenth plague and its aftermath. We are looking then in chapter 11 just at the announcement of the plague to Pharaoh. And we're going to consider first in verses 1, 2, and 3, 1, 2, and 3, the Lord's word to Moses. In verses 4 to 8, Moses' word to Pharaoh. And finally, in verses 9 and 10, a summary statement. Let's look first, then, at verse 1 of the chapter. The Lord says there, there are two things I think that we should call attention to. First, God says to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. God tells Moses then that this will be the last of the plagues that he brings on Egypt. And this last plague will bring the number of the plagues that God sent on Egypt to 10. That number has symbolic significance. The number 10 in the scriptures signifies completeness. And what the Lord is saying here then is that this is the end, the fullness of his judgment on the land of Egypt. This plague, this tenth plague, taken in conjunction with all the other nine plagues, signifies the complete destruction of Egypt. It is not, of course, the complete destruction of Egypt itself. Egypt recovered from these plagues eventually, and even became again later on in its history an enemy of Israel. Nevertheless, 
God was signifying the destruction of Egypt, and in his signifying the destruction of Egypt was signifying also the destruction of all those nations that forget God. As we've been working through the plagues that God sent on Egypt, one of the things we have done is read from the book of Revelation to show the similarity between the plagues that God brought on Egypt and the plagues that God will bring and is bringing on the world in these last days. This then is a sign, this whole matter of God's dealing with Egypt relates to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ as being a foreshadowing of the destruction of the nations that hate God and oppose his people. The second thing that we want to notice about verse 1 is that God again uses here in this verse the language that Pharaoh will drive the people out of his land. We've noticed before that the Lord uses three different words in this connection. In some cases, he speaks of Pharaoh letting the people go. Pharaoh will let you go. He will give them permission to go. And as far as that word itself is concerned, that might mean simply that Pharaoh is compelled against his will to let them go. But then there is also a second word that God uses in this connection, and that is the word send forth. Pharaoh will send the people forth. That is, Pharaoh will be an active agent in their departure from his land. He won't just grant them permission, but he will send them out. But here we have the strongest word that God uses. Pharaoh will drive them out. Now that word is used first in chapter 6, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, for with a strong hand he will let them go, and with a strong hand he will drive them out of his land. So at that point, God was saying to Moses, and this is before the plagues began, God is saying to Moses, this is what Pharaoh is going to do. He is going to ultimately drive them out of his land. Now here, in connection with the last plague, God repeats that word. As he comes to the last plague, he says, Pharaoh is going to drive you out of the land. And then in chapter 12, verse 39, we have one more use of that word. Chapter 12, verse 39. And they baked unleavened cakes of the dough which they had brought out of Egypt, for it was not leavened because they were driven out of Egypt and could not wait, nor had they prepared provisions for themselves. So God says, Pharaoh is going to be so eager to see you gone from his land that he will literally drive you out. He will not give you time even to leaven your bread before you go. He will be so eager to see you leave. And of course, this, under, this shows to us first that God so breaks the hardness of Pharaoh's heart that Pharaoh is thoroughly humbled, though not repentant, before God. Pharaoh finally has to acknowledge that God has brought his judgments, that God's word to him must be obeyed. And we see in this also 
We should understand. We see in this also how God hastens to deliver his people. Once the time has come for them to be delivered from the bondage of Egypt, God wastes no time. He changes Pharaoh's heart. He breaks through the hardness of Pharaoh's heart. And he makes sure that his people get out of the land of Egypt as quickly as possible. Let's look also then at verses 2 and 3. What we have here in verses 2 and 3 is instructions that Moses was to give to Israel. Moses was to go to Israel before this plague came. And he was to talk to Israel. Now that's a very interesting thing here because this is the first time in the account of the plagues that we read about Moses dealing directly with Israel. The last time we have read about any uh, conversation between Moses and Israel was in chapter 5, after Moses had made his first visit to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh had laid heavier work on the people of Israel as a result of that visit, The officers of Israel had gone to Pharaoh to beg him to relieve their burdens. Pharaoh had refused. The officers had left. And as they left, they met Moses and Aaron and blamed them bitterly for the increase in work which Pharaoh had laid upon them. We do not read about Moses dealing directly with Israel from that point until this. It doesn't mean that he had nothing to do with them. It's just that it doesn't enter into the scriptures at this uh, at all during that time. The whole of that account of the plagues is focused on Moses and Egypt, Moses and Pharaoh, Moses and God's demand for Pharaoh, not on any dealings Moses may have had with Israel. But now, of course, at this point, the tenth plague, The time has come for Israel to leave the land of Egypt. And it is necessary, therefore, that Moses go to the people of Israel with instructions from the Lord to prepare themselves for their leaving the land. The preparation that they are to make is a very striking preparation. The Lord does not come to them through Moses and say, gather your livestock together and prepare your livestock for traveling away from the land of Egypt. He does not say, pack your household goods. He does not say to them, gather up food, all the food that you can carry, and pack your clothing and get your families together and be ready to go. What he says to them is, go to your Egyptian neighbors and ask from your Egyptian neighbors articles of silver and articles of gold. Go ask them for gifts, rich gifts, that you can take with you when you go out of the land of Egypt. Now this was, as God had promised to Moses, back in chapter 3, verses 21 and 22. Chapter 3, verses 21 and 22, And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall be when you go that you shall not go empty-handed. 
But every woman shall ask of her neighbor, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, and clothing. And you shall put them on your sons and on your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. The whole point here, then, is first of all that Israel will leave Egypt as a conquering army. Israel will plunder the Egyptians. But they will plunder the Egyptians not by compelling them to give up what they do not want to give up, but by taking from them gifts which the Egyptians offer to them voluntarily or give them voluntarily anyway. They will take away the plunder of Egypt because Egypt heaps this plunder upon them. Now this is also a change of heart then on the part of the Egyptians. In Psalm 105, verses 23 to 25, the Lord talks about this departure of the land of Egypt, and he says this, Israel also came into Egypt, and Jacob dwelt in the land of Ham. He increased his people greatly and made them stronger than their enemies. He turned their hearts to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. That is, God turned the hearts of the Egyptians to hate his people. And you read about their hatred of the people of Israel in Exodus chapter 1, of course. That was God working. Just as God worked to harden the heart of Pharaoh, so he turned the hearts of the Egyptians to hate his people and to join with Pharaoh in oppressing his people by their cruel bondage. But now God says, I am going to change the hearts of the Egyptians again. And now I am going to make the Egyptians favor the people of Israel. Verse 3, the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. This is why the Egyptians were willing to give Israel all those rich gifts. Because God had changed their hearts to give them favor in the sight of the Egyptians. So God changed the heart of Pharaoh. He hardened the heart of Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would not let the people of Israel go. He changed the hearts of the Egyptians first to hate his people, and now he changes those hearts again to favor his people. The Lord is sovereign in all of this activity. And one of the reasons why the Egyptians are favoring the uh, people of Israel is that they see how great a man Moses is. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants. Remember, those are those men who served Pharaoh directly, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of his people. So the Lord changed the hearts of the Egyptians towards them, and he changed the hearts of the Egyptians towards them so that they honored the people of Israel by giving them gifts at their requests, and he changed their hearts towards them by giving the Egyptians uh, awe, you might almost say, of Moses, who was very great in their land. That's God's word to Moses. 
In verses 4 to 8, we have Moses' word to Pharaoh. Now, if you look at verse 3 and then verse 4, you'll see that there's a very abrupt transition from verse 3 to verse 4. Verses 1 to 3 talk about what Moses was to tell the people of Israel and why this was going to happen. Then in verse 4, we don't read about Moses talking to Israel. God told him, go tell Israel, verse 2. And in verse 4, we don't read, he went then and talked to Israel. Instead, we find him talking to Pharaoh and announcing the last plague very abrupt change from one part of the narrative to another. Moses said, thus says the Lord about midnight, I will go out into the midst of Egypt. Now, a question arises about that also. If you go back to chapter 10, verses 28 and 29, we read there, Pharaoh said to him, Get away from me. Take heed to yourself and see my face no more. For in the day you see my face, you shall die. So Moses said, you have spoken well. I will never see your face again. And then in verse 4, we find Moses in Pharaoh's presence, talking to Pharaoh again and announcing this last plague. What has happened? Why is it that Moses has, it seems, come back again to Pharaoh? even though they had both agreed that they would never see each other again. The answer that you will find in the commentators, and it seems to me a very reasonable answer, is that here in verse 4, we have a continuation of Moses' meeting with Pharaoh, as recorded in chapter 10. This is not a new meeting of Moses with Pharaoh. This is a continuation of that meeting. So Pharaoh was very angry with Moses for refusing to negotiate after the ninth plague and to make any concessions to him about how Israel was going to go from the land of Egypt. And he said, get away, don't come and see me. The day you see my face again, you will die. Moses agrees to that, but Moses also has one additional word from the Lord for Pharaoh. Verse 4 of chapter 11, thus says the Lord, About midnight, I will go out into the midst of Egypt. So it follows then right from verse 29 of chapter 10. And what we have then in chapter 11, verses 1 to 3, is a kind of parenthetical statement. And we might even want to translate that, and that's legitimate in the Hebrew as well. And the Lord had said to Moses... So that verses 1 to 3 are kind of a recalling of words to Moses spoken earlier before that last meeting between Moses and Pharaoh, though we don't know exactly when. Those words then are out of chronological order. The words of verses 1 to 3. But they're placed there at the beginning of chapter 11, because they belong, of course, with this uh, last plague and and Israel's exodus from Egypt. I think that's the best understanding of the passage. 
Now let's look at what the Lord said to Pharaoh through Moses about this last plague. This is the plague of the killing of the firstborn. And it is the most terrible of all the plagues that God brought on Egypt. All the firstborn of Egypt will die, God says. From the firstborn in Pharaoh's own house to the firstborn of his lowliest servant, the female slave who sits behind the handmill. All of them will die. Every household in Egypt, therefore, will be affected by this plague. That was a a terrible plague that God brought on them. That was, in fact, a sign, a sign that God was destroying Egypt completely. We saw already in connection with the ten plagues that God was signifying by the number ten the complete destruction of Egypt. And now when he kills the firstborn, he signifies the complete destruction of of Egypt's people. Remember what God said in chapter 4, verses 22 and 23 to Moses and told Moses to say to Pharaoh, You shall say to Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed I will kill your son, your firstborn. The firstborn of Egypt stand for all of Egypt, just as the firstborn of Israel stand for all of Israel. The Lord is signifying again the complete destruction of the land of Egypt, final judgment upon Egypt for its unbelief. The Lord tells Pharaoh a couple of things about this. First of all, he says, notice, that the Lord himself will go out into the midst of Egypt. The Lord himself will go out into the midst of Egypt. He had not said this in any of the other uh, plagues. And in fact, here in this 10th plague, we don't read that Moses was commanded by God to stretch out his hand with the rod over the land of Egypt. Moses was not the agent of this tenth plague. Instead, the Lord came down from heaven and walked through the land of Egypt. And as he walked through the land of Egypt, he brought death and destruction upon the firstborn of the land. The Lord also told Pharaoh the precise hour at which this plague would come, at midnight. He had spoken of the day in other plagues, tomorrow, for example, in some of the plagues, but in this one he identifies the precise hour, the middle of the night, the darkness of the night. That is a sign, too, of the Lord's judgment. Now, we should understand, people of God, in connection with verses 22 and 23 of chapter 4. First of all, that this is God's vengeance on Egypt for their oppression of his people. He makes it very plain there 
in Exodus 4. Israel is my son, my firstborn. So I say to you, let my son go that he may serve me. But if you refuse to let him go, indeed, I will kill your son, your firstborn. That will be God's vengeance on Pharaoh. And now through Moses he's saying, the time for my vengeance has come. But we see also, people of God, that God's vengeance in uh, comparison of this passage with 2 verse 23. In this passage, God says, verse 6, there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as was not like it before, nor shall be like it again. That word cry is used also in chapter 2. Verse 23. Now it happened in the process of time that the king of Egypt died. Then the children of Israel groaned because of the bondage, and they cried out, and their cry came up to God because of the bondage. So God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. This is God's vengeance on Pharaoh and his land for the cry of his people Israel under their cruel bondage, that Egypt also will cry out with great grief because of the last loss of their firstborn. And it's exactly then, because this is the vengeance of God on Egypt, that Israel is not to be included in this plague. God says not even a dog will bark against my people on that night that I go out to kill the firstborn of Egypt. And he says explicitly, notice that too, in verse 7, against none of the children of Israel shall a dog move its tongue against man or beast, that you, that is Pharaoh and his people, may know that the Lord does make a difference between the Egyptians and Israel. We've noticed this before. We've talked about this before. As God made a difference between Israel and the Egyptians in some of the prior plagues. But here, God makes the purpose explicit. He tells Pharaoh about it. He says to Pharaoh, This is what I'm doing. Israel is not going to suffer under this plague. And I want you to know that because I want you to know that God makes a difference between them and you. And we've talked about what that difference means. Not necessarily that Israel escapes from all the judgments completely, but rather that God's purpose in these judgments, as he brings them on Israel, is a purpose of redemption and refining. Well, his purpose in these judgments for Egypt is destruction. In the one, he is motivated by his love. In the other, he is motivated by his wrath. In the one, he shows his electing grace towards his people. In the other, he shows his sovereign power of reprobation towards Pharaoh and his people. This is the way it is in God's judgments even today. 
God's people do not necessarily escape all the judgments. God does not put them in a different place, hide them away from all the plagues and destruction that are coming upon the world now. Nevertheless, he makes a difference between his people and the world. The one he loves, the other he does not. For the one he works redemption through judgment. Through the other he works destruction through judgment. But this announcement, this is an announcement of the plague we're talking about. This announcement is another opportunity for Pharaoh to repent, or at least to change his mind and let Israel go. Pharaoh could still have said, I will let them go, and he could have avoided this plague. But he hardened his heart yet again. And that in spite of the fact that the threat of the slaughter of the firstborn had been there from the beginning. When we read those verses from chapter 4, verses 22 and 23, we saw, people of God, that God was telling Moses what to say to Pharaoh. This was one of the first things Moses had to say to Pharaoh. Because you killed my son, my firstborn, I will kill your son, your firstborn. This threat had been hovering over Pharaoh since the beginning of the plague, since the beginning of his contact with Moses, in fact. It's been there in the background. God has threatened already from the very beginning to kill his firstborn. And Pharaoh has continued to harden his heart, and even now at this last moment, continues to harden his heart against the word of the Lord to persuade himself that this can't happen, to persuade himself that the threat which the Lord has spoken simply will not come to pass. In spite of all that God has done in the prior nine plagues, Pharaoh's still convinced somehow that he can escape from the righteous judgment of God. That's the folly of unbelief. Moses also says to Pharaoh, even your servants, that is again, those people who serve Pharaoh directly in his court, his wise men and advisors and counselors and magicians and all those people who are gathered around Pharaoh as his inner circle, they're going to come to Moses and they're going to get down on their knees before Moses and they're going to beg him to go. Verse 8, get out and all the people who follow you After that, I will go out. So the people of Egypt have changed their minds. They heap their gifts upon the people of Israel. The servants of Pharaoh have changed their minds. They beg Moses to leave. But Pharaoh will not change his mind. Pharaoh is one of those scoffers who will not hear the word of the Lord. It was then at that point that Moses went out from Pharaoh for the last time, and Pharaoh and he never saw each other again. Moses went out, we read in verse 8, from Pharaoh in great anger. That was a righteous anger on the part of Moses, and it was an anger that reflected also the righteous anger of the Lord with Pharaoh. Finally, we have to look at verses 9 and 10. 
we have here a, a summary statement really about all the plagues. This is not about just the tenth plague. And I think, again, people of God, what we can say about this is that we could read here, the Lord had said to Moses, Pharaoh will not heed you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. What the text is doing then is explaining to us this whole process which has been going on through the plagues, all the plagues that God had brought on Egypt. The Lord had said, Pharaoh will not heed you so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. We can go back and we can point to the times that God actually had said this. He had begun by saying it to Moses while Moses was at the burning bush. Chapter 3, verses 19 and 20. But I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not even by a mighty hand. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. Again, in chapter 7, verse 3. Before the first plague comes. God says to Moses, I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and my wonders in the land of Egypt, but Pharaoh will not heed you, so that I may lay my hand on Egypt and bring my armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great judgments. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand on Egypt and bring out the children of Israel from among them. And again in chapter 10, before the eighth plague, chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, the Lord said to Moses, Go into Pharaoh, for I have hardened his heart and the hearts of his servants, that I may show these signs of mine before him, and that you may tell in the hearing of your son and your son's sons the mighty things I have done in Egypt, and my signs which I have done among them, that you may know that I am the Lord. So what we have then is an explanation of the Lord's work through all of these plagues. The Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he could do his signs and his wonders in the land of Egypt. The Lord wanted to do his signs and wonders in the land of Egypt to show to the Egyptians that he was the Lord, to show to the nations around Egypt that he is the Lord, and to show to Israel and the generations of Israel that he is the Lord. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh, and the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he did not let the children of Israel go out of his land. To sum it up then, people of God, what we see here is at the heart of all of this, the Lord's love for his people. His poor, oppressed people. And his intention to deliver his people from their enemies. And to take vengeance on their enemies for the cruel bondage in which they have held his people for many years. And that is exactly what we see today. As we look at the judgments God sends on our land and on the world. 
We see God delivering his people from the hand of their enemies, taking vengeance on their enemies for their cruel oppression and bringing quickly the day of our deliverance. We should give thanks to him. May God bless the proclamation.